Welcome into the Lemon Pepper Parlay Basketball Edition. Mark, it's the first Monday of the playoffs. How are you feeling today? Uh, my pockets could be a little bit better. Had a rough couple of days over the weekend. I tell you what, but, Mark. You know, it could be better. One of my man, home hometown homeboy. Gus Johnson, I I love any game that he calls, and he was surprised to pop up on the TNT broadcast last night for the uh, 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 no, I can't remember the game right now. Mavericks and Jazz, maybe no, that was the only one on that was that was the only one on no, NBA it TV. Was, uh, it was the Philadelphia Raptors, and yeah, you're right, yeah. Raptors 76ers, which of course, as soon as you see Gus on the call, you think automatically that uh, it's going to be a close game. Turned out not to be, yeah. but see Gus on the call, I'm like hell yeah. My Detroit homie, let's get it. But, you know, as you've watched basketball over the last two or three years, it's been this infusion of, of gambling advertisements, such as, like, the one FanDuel Sportsbook and so on and so forth. But it came on the screen and said the over-under was 219.5. Gus Reddit turned to Greg Anthony, former UNL, UNLV running Rebel. Of course, he knows about gambling and says, I don't know anything about this over-under stuff. And I say all that to say, I, Martin Weiss, apparently I don't know either. <laughs> well, you said three digits isn't your thing last week. You it's not. Like, you know, at, at the two, you kind of get lost. Like You don't, it's not, you don't deal with the over-unders and things of that nature. You don't deal with that. So I can understand why that's not your thing. What I can do is tell you. Like, what I can tell you is, oh, this game is trending to go over or under, even without even knowing the score. It's like, oh, they've scored four points in four minutes. This game is going, like, five the under. I'm feeling great. Well, you should do live. You should live bet it. But I don't have a good sense of in any event. No. Why? Why? I'm I, when I when I when I pregame bet I'm doing terribly already. <laughs> Favorites are right now they're 12 and 5 against the spread so far in the playoffs. And I like to bet dogs. And that sums it up for you right there. Yikes. Well, I think it'll balance out. It's only been game ones. We had, what, one game two already? Well, a couple, actually. But it's still early. So it's going to balance out, Martin. Stick with your dogs, man. It's, it's a long journey. Like well, they say, it's not, a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. Remember that. Well, we'll see. And for the fast break, which is a sprint, let's get to the first games of last night, the 76ers and the Raptors. 76ers, 112. Raptors, 97. 76ers take a two-game lead. On the Raptors, and I'll tell you this: this they say that this uh, the Raptors team is super overmatched. I agree, but it's really just because they have Joel Embiid. I told you about Tyrese Maxey. That boy is something different, and he goes. Uh, Philadelphia goes as far as Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid can take him, which I don't think is a championship, but it's out of the first round. Yeah, and the thing about this series, though, and I'm not sure if this would make that big of a difference, but we have to be honest and admit this. The Raptors are missing their third and fourth best players. Scotty Barnes didn't play yesterday. Gary Trent Jr. didn't play yesterday. Yes, I get they played in game one. I understand that. But we know game one is a fill-out game. You know, you can't really take too much from game one. And I Except find for it, a win and a, and a going up one yeah, up on a series sure. best of seven, you could take that. But I find it hard to believe if those two guys were playing yesterday, that game goes that way. They still maybe lose, but they're not getting blown out. I mean, they made a little push to the end, a little fake comeback. 
but it got uh stopped very quickly because of your boy Tyrese Maxey just draining threes like he's just Steph Curry out of here. I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. Through his first two playoff games, no, it's not his first two playoff games. First two playoff games this season. Yeah, sixty-one points, sixty-eight point eight percent field goal percentage. Yeah, that's wild. And he plays shooting guard. He That's shoots wild. and he shoots jumpers. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, the guy who's shooting 60 plus from the field is supposed to be seven feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Or you know. Ben Simmons. <laughs> well, again, like somebody who doesn't shoot jumpers. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole concept. And speaking of a guy who shoots jumpers, Fred Van Vliet. Did you watch the game live? Yeah. So you seen the hat the in between the first in between the first quarter and second quarter interview. When uh, whoever I think it was Rebecca Harlow, whoever, oh, uh, and they're asking like, do you just want a uh, Fred VanVleet to shoot every time he touches the ball? I have I have <laughs> never seen an announcer jinx worse. <laughs> Fred was cooking, and then after that, he couldn't hit anything. He was missing layups. Missing. He was getting wide open looks. Too. And Greg Anthony's on TV trying to make excuses for him, like, well, you know, he's got a hitch in his jumper. So he's shooting it on the way down. You can tell he's just lost his rhythm. No, that was the damn announcer jinx. And I'll tell you this. to somebody who was on Raptors 7.5, how about the sideline reporters stick to reporting and quit trying to coach? And you could tell, like, Nick Nurse felt a little uncomfortable answering it. He was kind of giggled, and he was like, oh, yeah, he has the ultimate green light. But <laughs> you kind of tell he, he didn't really like that the way that question was framed. Because like, he's like one of those guys – he wants to have good ball movement. Everybody touch the ball. He doesn't want one guy just to jack up a million shots in a game. But obviously, he's not going to be on national TV downing his guy when he's had 15 points in the first quarter. So he was in, put in the tough spot there. Man, I tell you. And I was on Raptors 7.5 too, so I feel your pain. Raptors 7.5. Uh, Gary Trent goes out there with the – you know, we we're still in a pandemic, but I love how everybody's talking about Gary Trent going to work and 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 fighting out through his sickness, right? Like that. But I, I that was just I was like, why? Well, if he can't, if he can't, if he's too sick to play, maybe he shouldn't be here. But uh, whatever. And you know, my one betting takeaway from this game: first of all, it's not fair if Joel Embiid is hitting. T- turnaround fadeaways from the corner. In the corner. That's not a betting takeaway. That's just a. Life is not fair. Takeaway, like it's just not fair. Seven one, seven two, doing that like he was Kobe. Like, uh, I, you know what's crazy though? You probably felt the same way. Did you think at the end was gonna get, was gonna get a backdoor cover? Yes. It oh felt, my they god. They cut it to what twelve? Uh, I no, think. No, because Doc Rivers took all the starters out and then joined. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, you just like, maybe knock my headset off because then B grabs his elbow. Yeah. And then Tybal goes. A Tybal went down. No, Maxi. Maxi no, went, went down. He's grabbing his shoulder, and then all of a sudden, I'm thinking like, man, this- OGs nailing jumpers left and right. Oh my god, that was that was my one betting takeaway. <laughs> OG Ananobi. I did a small like player props ladder on him on points. It's the only saving grace that I Otherwise, I'd have just donated all my money back yeah. to the uh, to 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 the sports book. But oh my goodness, I thought Doc Rivers had it for us, man. I thought he was gonna do it. I I just knew he was gonna do it. He's gonna do it one of these games this series too. He's gonna do it. Yeah. Because he just if he had kept that bench in, as soon as George Niang came in the game, it was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And then Maxi goes down. And the Raptors, they're still tryhards. They're trying hard still. Oh, they're the ultimate. They're the ultimate backup point guard of an NBA team. Like they're the backup point guards of the NBA. 
You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. this, the ultimate uh, Tyus Joneses, where they're just getting into everybody. They don't turn the ball over. They're just yeah. trying to. They're just yeah. trying to win and play good basketball. <laughs> oh man! And then as soon as they cut back from commercial, because you know TNT does a terrible job of directing these games. Objectively bad job of directing these games. When you look at everybody else who directs basketball games, where they come back from commercial and all of a sudden the ball's already inbounded and Maxie's laying yeah. the ball up, yeah. and I was like, "This is a replay." <laughs> and I was like, "Nah, this is live. He's fine." The 76ers are fine. My bet is cooked. Thank you, OG Ananobi, even though you picked up three fouls in the first quarter for cashing on your overprops and on my ladder. Yeah. Hey, man, at least you got something out of it. Like you said, you could have gave everything away to the sports book. <sighs> I wanted that backdoor cover so bad, though. I really got – my hope got up so much, bro. Do you remember that sequence when the loose ball happened and then Tyrese Maxey ended up getting it and he nailed that – Three in the transition. Oh, when he that's walked I, twice? That's, that's Yes. That's when I knew it was over. Like, they cut it to 12, I think, at that point. And they he, pushed back up to 15. I'm like, okay, it's it's over. He traveled twice. He traveled twice. He did travel twice. He walked two separate times. And then Greg Anthony said, I'm fine with it. I'm fine. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with just breaking the rules. I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> Sounds like a guy who did not bet on Raptor seven and a half. I just would like the rules to be followed. That's all I'm asking. And I, and you know what? And and I have to be bad at myself because I didn't follow one of my own damn rules like yesterday. What's that? I bet on the Utah Jazz, man. That team was the most fraudulent team in the NBA for the last three years, and I bet on them last night. And just and you know what though? All I have to say is. I'm shocked you did that. The NBA voters are going to get MVP wrong. They're going to get Rookie of the Year wrong. But all I can say is, thank you, goodness gracious. Thank you. Thank you, NBA voters and all your analytics and this and that. Because I don't think I would have been able to wake up today and come into work the feeling the same way if I knew that Jalen Brunson got 41 with the Defensive Player of the Year on the court. <laughs> I mean, are you really going to blame him for that, though? He's not guarding the point guard. I mean, come on. Let's be fair. It's not Rudy Gobert's responsibility. I'm watching Jalen Brunson, as, as, as my friend Shannon Sharp would say, with a conga line to the rim. Who's, who's supposed to be down there? Isn't that the whole point? Isn't that what people tell me? He's rim protecting? Well, the rim was wide open. That rim was the French Quarter. It never closed. Hey, man, he has a lot of responsibilities. You know, Utah, they don't have no perimeter defenders to his defense. I mean, who do they got out there that's going to scare anybody? Joe Ingles? Donovan Mitchell? I mean, <laughs> they don't have no wing defenders at all. So I understand. I get it. I get it. It's easy to, to rag on Rudy Gobert. And, you know, it's the easy thing to do. But you know, no, no, no! Don't get me wrong. This is an indictment of the entire Jazz team. Oh well, you were talking about but, the defensive well, player out there. Well, year. because th that's one of the things that they always say. Well, you know, they got they got they're the best three point shooting team and this and that. As I watched the Mavericks hit fifty percent of their threes wide open in the corners. Maxi Cleve was over there looking like Glenn Rice. Like it's just you know, Finney okay. Smith, fin Dorian Finney, yeah, Dorian Finney Smith is looking like you know, like like uh, JJ Redick. I'm just like, what is what's going on here and it's just you know this that's what i'm saying there's double defensive metrics on this team and this team is so great and the donovan mitchell and the Judy gobert and it's done and it's done and it's done and i let myself i let myself i don't know why 
I did this because I've talked myself into Dallas potentially being a team that could win the Western Conference. And then Luka got hurt, and I got scared. I got scared, and I'm mad at myself about it. But why would you? I can't believe you did that after you saw game one. Dallas should have won game one. If they make their free throws and don't just collapse at the end of the game, they win that game. Utah was not impressive at all in game one. So I'm surprised you out of all people that, you know, you got burned by Utah plenty of times last year. And the fact that you put your money down on Utah after you saw what happened in game one, I'm, I'm shocked. Look, I had that. bad reads all over the place last I night. I can't believe it. Because you know my life. Especially my, since you're, you were on the dogs. So you were on that dog. The, against Utah the at only all teams. Dog, it's the only, it's at the all only teams dog that I have played. hate Utah. Look, I can't believe it. I'm really shocked you did that. I had bad reads all the time. I don't know why. There's no, if I just bet my takes, I swear I'd be undefeated. At least it feels like it. Because I definitely wouldn't have bet on the Nuggets plus seven and a half yesterday either. But you know what? It's just the second year in a row that the MVP is going to go out and not win more than four playoff games. It's a regular season award. You all can have it. And you know what? I'm glad I bet on this game so I can continue to have this this anger as I sit there and watch the team that I bet on fighting each other on the sidelines as the MVP is running down referees like, 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 like they said something bad about them. <laughs> you see when he got mad when uh, Gary Payton slapped his butt? <laughs> he was about you to know cry. what? Hey, if I'm Steph Curry, I'll let that big old sucker go. Yeah, he would have got suspended. I'll let him go. <laughs> I'll let him go. I need. I could take two more games off. Go ahead. Go after him. And I'll be like, hey, Gary, look up. And, you know, Gary, you know, no offense, he's expendable. He's not playing big minutes. <laughs> nah, Gary, he's a menace. He's a menace just like his daddy. No, but I'm saying, <laughs> no, no, if you got to sacrifice nah, somebody nah, to get Jokic suspended. <laughs> nah, he knows his role. He knows one. I mean, look, that's the MVP, depending on who you ask. And I'm GP2, dependent to everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nah, man. I'll tell you what, that would have been hilarious. It would have been... What, what, so he Jokic didn't get a technical for that, did he? No, he not for that, not for that. So he got three technical moments. Yeah, and you know what? I'm starting to turn on Jokic. I, I was a big Jokic. My man tackling Marcus Morris or Markeith Morris, whichever Morris brother that was, he missed the whole damn year. <laughs> he keep crying to the referees all the damn time. I'm annoyed with him now. I think you're just annoyed because he's gonna win the MVP again and. You can't get over the fact that he's not doing anything in the playoffs as far as advancing. Or the but regular season to get a better seed because, like, we – we, but we also – all right, so if it's a regular season, then why, he about, why is he about to get run out of the first round by a team that was significantly better than his in the regular season? Because this is, look no, who he's playing I, with. I can't remember what her say this, but this is basketball. No, Nick Wright said this. It's, this is basketball. It's not baseball. It's, this is not Mike Trout. There's only five players on the court. You can impact winning and losing more than, like, I, I, I just. What do you mean? They won 48 games, Martin, without his second and third best players. No Michael Porter Jr., and you know you love him, and no Jamal Murray, and they still won 48 games. The that's, fact that, that for remains, he hasn't made a playoff run. What does that have to do with the regular since season? Since the, the bubble. Support. If you are telling me that this is the most valuable player in the regular season, then if you vote him the regular season MVP, you're telling me the regular season truly does not matter. 
because what the regular season should be is an indication of which teams are going to be the most successful in the postseason. And in the NBA of all sports, it's the, the best teams are going to win because the variance is taken out. You have to beat the best. You have to beat them four out of – no other sport is like that. College basketball, single elimination. Football, single elimination. Okay, so who's your MVP? Giannis. Okay. All right. I was hoping he was going to say NB because I was going to have a good rebuttal to that. No! Okay. For a lot of the same reasons why Jokic is not the but MVP, Embiid is also not be, the MVP. To be fair, the Bucks only won three more games than the Nuggets. It's not like it was a big gap. They're just a higher seed because the East wasn't as competitive at the top as the West is. But they only won three more games than Denver. <sighs> and Giannis has had Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, there for the most of the season. Giannis is the best player in the world. I agree with that. I'm Giannis was the best player in the NBA this year. Giannis should be the most valuable player in the NBA. Like, I don't see how it's that hard of a calculus. Jokic did more with less. That's the argument. Well, the left that he's got can't even compete in the first round of the playoffs. That's what, like, like. It's like, a bad matchup. It's a bad matchup. Would it have been a bad matchup? They could have played anybody. And it. I would have liked the Nuggets against, let's say, a Utah. Okay, because that's the other only other team that is is a complete and total dumpster fire in the West. Them and everybody else who's a complete and total dumpster fire didn't qualify. I would have gave them a shot against Memphis. I would gave Denver a good shot against Memphis. You know what? When Memphis wins this, you know I just said yesterday I'm not going to disrespect Anthony Edwards anymore on Extra yeah, Points podcast with Cousin man. Sal and Dave Damashek. When when Memphis wins this series for five to five in five games, I'm going to come back and revisit. They're winning that. the next four games. I'm not just it's. I'm gonna come back and revisit that. No, they're not. It's at least going six. Speaking Probably of seven. Speaking of Memphis and uh and Minnesota, let's take a quick break before we get to dunked on. Now, Mark, you know in dunked on, somebody's getting dunked on figurative figuratively or literally in the world of sports. Carl Anthony Towns. He's had an interesting couple days. After the play-in game, he was getting dunked on. Yeah. There's a lot of tweets. Figuratively. A lot of tweets. Hell, so I'm going to be surprised it wasn't literally in that game the way he was playing. He's out there kissing his babe on the sidelines. The memes for that were hilarious. You know, you know, the one, you know, my favorite was, you know, me at the rec center after I put up four points. You know, kiss. You know, that was my favorite meme of the of the Carl Anthony Towns play in era. But Carl Anthony Towns dunked on somebody so bad in Game One of the playoffs that Jaron Jackson Jr., a Michigan, a Michigan State grad, I believe Michigan native, turned around and pushed somebody else and got a technical foul because he said, "Look, I respect it though." Cause look, you just dunked on me like that. I ain't got no smoke with you, but I got some smoke with somebody. You gonna push an innocent bystander? Somebody gonna get to, it. I had nothing to do with it. It's not my fault. My teammate yammed on you. Yeah, it is your fault. It's your teammate. <laughs> <laughs> I just signed up for this. Hey, he just happened to be on the same thing. Uh, you think Triple J signed up for that? Hey, be better. <laughs> like you say, be better. Do your job. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, yeah, do your job. But I will say. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> they say athletes don't read the tweets. Carlini Towns read the tweets. Yeah, and when I saw it, it made me think about this because we see Ja dunk on people. I mean, he dunked on somebody too. 
I believe, in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder, does Ja dunk on JJJ in practice? <laughs> like, I'm sure he's got dunked on by Ja in practice. If Ja's really on that, or does Ja to take it easy in practice? Because you should be used to it. Ja's always catching bodies. <laughs> so I don't know if you're about to YouTube and practice. No, I'm got not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But that's what I thought. I mean, so he shouldn't be that upset when you got somebody on your team that's known Look, for doing this. I feel like I feel like Ja had to catch Triple J at some point because, like, I had to double check because. You know, all right. John Barrera was the second pick in the draft. You know, highly, highly touted, you know. Yeah. Well, just the year before, Triple J was the fourth pick in the draft. Highly touted. Yeah. He was supposed to be that guy. Yeah. He still may be. Well, I'm not saying that he's not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying he, I'm just saying he was oh, built yeah. up yeah. to be that guy. John Morant comes in the next year. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'll take that title. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I'll go ahead and take that crown as king of Memphis. Right. I feel like that has to have some uh, some transactional dunks in practice mm. to uh, to effectively make that make that switch. And not to mention, this is why I said, do your job. Did you know that Jaron Jackson led the league in blocks this year? I knew he was up there. He led the league in blocks. I knew he was up there. So. Yeah, I expect you to go up there and contest it at his highest point. And I don't feel bad for you. You shouldn't be pushing somebody else after you got dunked on when you're the block leader. You're the block leader. It's not like you're a liability. It's not like you're Vucevic or you're Chris Porzingis. You led the league in blocks. See, but so, I can appreciate a guy. I do appreciate it when. So as, I'm glad at least content he tried. You know, I as much that. as we talk about people getting dunked on. Yeah, he didn't just avoid the like, smoke. I think know? that the dunked on, like being dunked on on Twitter and social media, and so is is 13 times worse than being dunked on in real life. Like Carl Anthony Towns dunking on Triple J, he just got to get him back. Yeah. You got nothing really to be ashamed of. Yeah, just like being a boxer. If you get hit real hard with a right hook. You don't fall down. You know, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt. I got hit in the face. Yeah. It hurt. You know, but it's not the end of the world. You know, I'm I'm still fight. Yeah, I'm watching it again right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. He, he just pushed, bro. <laughs> he was like, dude, I didn't do anything. Well, bro, it's not my fault. You got ducked on, man. But, yeah, like you said, there's going to be more games. Well, you said it's only going to be five games, so it's, for you it's only going to be, what, four more games that's played in this series, but I don't see that happening. This is at least going to six, maybe seven. I'm just saying, I'm just, the idea that you said that the Denver Nuggets could challenge the Memphis Grizzlies in this postseason is going to be proven absurd as this postseason goes, Nuggets, as this postseason Nuggets progresses. Nuggets would have won two games against Memphis, for sure. But we'll never know. That's a great argument to have because we'll never have it. But what we do know... <laughs> And you wanted to talk about this one, like the top five, top five washed players. It's time to go home. Yeah. After watching these playoffs. I think when I first thought of this, do you remember the Miami uh, San Antonio finals? Tim Duncan comes down. Mm-hmm. Actually, I know you remember. We just did this a couple weeks ago. Tim Duncan comes down and uh, he misses a free throw line jumper. Like he airballs it. 
Then he comes down again, and he gets his shot blocked. Mm-hmm. And Ray Allen hits the shot that ends up sending the game, to whatever whatever he does. He hits, hits the most clutch shot in NBA history next to Kyrie. And, uh, it's the most clutch shot in NBA history. You can say that with confidence. Well, I'm just uh, those are in. I think those are in competition, not in competition, but it's just the fact that they were down. Like Kyrie, it was a tie game. So if he misses it, like they still could have won that game. Ray Allen misses it, it's over. Well, that was the game that I thought, damn Tim, it's time to go. It's time to be a family man. It's time. It's time to go because it's like you you had this one in the bag, bro. Like the Tim Duncan I grew up watching. And he's like, it's time to go. So your top five washed guys for this postseason. Yeah, and I even um, I even added a coach, man. And I'm not even saying he's washed. I just think he has nothing else to prove, man. Popovich. I mean, the Spurs haven't been competing since Kawhi left. He, he's in the play-in this year. Didn't make it to the playoffs. I mean, you got some young talent there, but you're not going to win anything. I mean, I get you love the game. I get it, you know. It's an escape, so I mean, I'm not gonna be mad at him if he doesn't retire, but I just feel like it's just, it's just time to go off, man. See, and I'll go. I'll take your pop, and I'll take one of his players, Lamarcus Aldridge. I was thinking about him too. <laughs> He's sitting on the Nets bench right now, and they're just begging him. He just comment- came. Out, he just came out of retirement. The commentators are just like, "Why don't you run Lamarcus Aldridge?" And I'm sitting there saying. That's how I know the Nets are cooked. <laughs> if they're saying they got to run LaMarcus Aldridge out there to solve the problem. And then I got another guy for you, man. Rondo. How you feel about that one? Rondo, man. I mean, hey, bro, you've been in the league, what, almost 20 years. <laughs> Do we realize that? Like, Rondo's been around a long time. You're in Cleveland now. That's how you know it's over. You're in Cleveland. <laughs> it's time to hang it up, man. You've been bouncing around. You was in L.A. You was in Atlanta. You was with the Clippers, Lakers, both of the L.A. teams. Now you're in Cleveland. Come on, Rondo. You're a coach. You're a player's coach. Just be a coach. Just be a coach at this point. If, if Nash could be a coach, Rondo could definitely be a coach. I wonder how Rondo would be as a coach. I wonder if he'd be able to uh... – to manage the I expectations. Think I actually think he'll be a pretty good coach. I think he'd be a great college coach. College, I wonder how, okay. how he okay. would be dealing as. I don't know. Let me not. Let me not downgrade uh, Rondo. Maybe. Maybe he would. Maybe not. I mean, look, he's been a great teammate everywhere he's been. Yeah. So that was maybe he. No. Are you being sarcastic? Because not in Dallas. Remember Dallas. The thing about Dallas, though. <laughs> I just always remember that press conference. He's like, what do you think about being signed here? He's like, I was traded here. <laughs> I was like, I wonder, but I wonder though how, especially in today's media age, how those things would be reported. Yeah. I've, I don't think that Rondo is just on his Ben Simmons. Like, I don't feel like playing today. Yeah, that was the only pushback I had because I remember that Dallas situation was pretty messy. I'll go from there. Now, especially now that Michigan legend Jordan Poole has uh, <laughs> has risen in the in the West in in Golden State. The third light-skinned brother. Juan Toscano-Anderson was trying for a while, but Jordan Poole has taken his spot next to Stephen Clay. It's time for Andre Iguodala to hang him up and start becoming a commentator. Oh, go, yeah. go talk about the game. He'll, be, he'll fit in naturally in that role. It's time to talk yeah. about the game. He's you perfect, know what I mean? You, you, you know, come, over, uh, come over here to the, to the three or four-letter networks, sit down, and uh, 
and tell everybody how dumb they are about basketball because yeah. he's on the bench. And did you, did you see the, the clip of him when they were talking about Jordan Poole and how Stephen Clay's mentorship and Jordan Poole is like pointing at somebody and does this like thing with his oh, tongue? Oh, yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I just, Andre Iguodala is a kid at heart, but I, I think that uh, the rest of his body is not a kid and the basketball might be done. Yeah, so you named another net earlier. I'm surprised you didn't name this guy about Blake Griffin. He's on my list. <laughs> oh, you got Blake on there too? Mm-hmm. So they got the Nets are really cooked. They have two guys on their bench that need to retire. <laughs> Blake Griffin, I mean, you only played, what, you played 56 games this year. It was actually really good for you. Last year when you played 26 games, the year before that, 18 games. I mean, come on, man. You're averaging six points a game. You're only shooting 42% from the field. It's not like you're shooting that many threes. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it's your knees have been gone for a while. Um, we'll always remember you for dunking over a car, uh, Lob City. No, what I'll remember, <laughs> I'll remember Blake Griffin dunking over a car. Uh-huh. And then I'll also remember that Blake Griffin played over 200 games of NBA basketball without dunking. Right. But then in his first game in Brooklyn, he Are dunked sure the first did? game. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that storyline. People were like, "Oh wow!" So you just didn't want to dunk in Detroit. What's that's what I. That's what I remember of Blake Griffin: willing and unwilling dunker. Yeah, depending on his location. And <laughs> yeah, so it's time to pack up uh, Blake and Lamarcus Aldridge, man. My guy next to be packed up is another LeBron former teammate, uh, like you said, Rondo and current Rondo teammate Kevin Love. Like the Rondo and Kevin Love thing was cool. They're both old though. Like that Cleveland team is young. Like, I'm not saying Kevin Love is completely done. I'm going to say he shows some flashes. But he's he's a 15 minutes a night guy, and they're going to, like, I don't know how much he, he's, I mean, he's an NBA champion several times over. He got his bag in Cleveland. How much more do you want here? He's talked about how his mental health, so on and so forth. Like, you know, hey, hang him up, relax. You know what I'm saying? You had a good run. You mentioned another you mentioned a former LeBron teammate. I got a current LeBron teammate for my last guy, Carmelo Anthony. I think it's time, man. I know we all want him to get a ring. You know, he's had a great Hall of Fame career. He's won a scoring title. I get all of that. You know, he had the redemption story when Portland gave him a chance. People thought he was cooked. He went to Portland and had a little resurgence. But, yeah, I think it's over, man. Uh, this year in L.A. was obviously a disaster all around. I just don't see the upside there no more, and I don't think the Lakers are going to bring him back. And at this point, who's going to sign him? I mean, at this point, he's just a guy that's going to isolate and shoot bad shots. He's not going to get anything defensively. I think it's I think it's over, man. Carmelo, you had a great career. I think he's in the same boat as Kevin Love, where it's like, yeah, like he's still, he's not cooked. He's not totally cooked. 15 minutes, but it's like where where do you fit in on any of the team that's competing? Yeah. I don't know where that fits in. My last guy, and I think you might be surprised by this, but I've kind of seen this since the bubble. Uh-oh. Goran Dragic. Ooh. He's not the same guy. Like, he was like the Miami Heat's leading scorer two years ago in the playoff run. And ever since he, I mean, he tore his foot at 33, 34 years old. Yeah. And now, like, but, again, 
Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge. That's how I know the Nets are cooked. Hey, what's up with all these Nets, man? Their Nets are cooked. You got three of them. They need to retire. I'm not even. I'm not even joking. As I was just going through this list, I was just thinking, hmm, what guys have I seen on playoff benches this this year that I would be like, all right, it's probably time for them to hang it up. Yeah. It just happened to be. I didn't. There wasn't no no secret science behind it or anything like that. It was just like, no, I just don't think that these guys are. I'm surprised you didn't name Andre Drummond. <laughs> Andre Drummond still provides a valuable. He provides a valuable resource for NBA teams, and that is six fouls against the likes of 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 the people that you all say are the MVP. You know, I have to troll you because you'd be on Drummond's ass, man. No, I mean, because because I don't think he's a difference maker, right? Yeah, but yeah. like, I th but in in literal just basic size and strength, there's only a handful of people on the planet that can bang with an Embiid and a Jokic for at least 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I'm not dumb. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I'm like, I'm not saying that he's gonna be somebody. Now, like, you want to say that he's like a difference maker defensively, like Marcus Smart? No, like, and get it. Don't get me wrong. Kyrie went for like forty. Marcus Smart caught a lot of those, right? Yep. But down the stretch, when it needed to sit down. Marcus Smart was sitting down on him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Even like, even uh, Jason Tatum was sitting down on guys like that. That to me matters more. Yeah defensively than what you're doing like in the floor of the game guys are gonna score yeah it's the nba man these guys are skilled man they're best in the world for a reason and nobody's gonna shut down Kyrie. you just gotta hope he missed <laughs> well there's certain things you can do like like and we can talk about this for a second because i thought this was i loved that boston uh the boston um Brooklyn game yeah. was to me the, the the best game of the weekend. Oh, by far. I was on I was on the Celtics plus four and a half. It was one of those games minus four and a half rather. Say, whoa. <laughs> what yeah. you on? <laughs> yeah, one one of those games where to me like I lost a bet, but like I didn't really care because the game was so exciting, yeah. the game yeah. was so awesome. Yeah. And Kyrie, he's one of those people that when he plays and when he's really on, like they used to call it like a league pass alert, but he's like one of those people like when he plays and he's on, yeah. and then people talk about him afterwards, like the real basketball aficionados will talk will talk about him in hushed tones. They'll be like, did you see man, Kyrie? Kyrie, he's just he's just different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just yeah. plays different. He's just, yeah. just his style it's, and his. It's poetry and motion. Yeah. <laughs> Start they talking talk about him in like these elaborate terms and like – Secret terminology, you know, it's just like it's like you're talking about art or something, like right. Mozart, <laughs> right? No, seriously, and, and, and I, I do think there is a level of basketball that does have a beauty, yeah, of like, like almost like not to be ridiculous, but like a ballet, yeah, right? Like it lo all looks choreographed. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of how people talk about how Aaron Rodgers throws the football, yeah, exactly. and, they're, and they're both kind of quirk, uh, quirky, you know, and kind of. Weird, I guess you could say too. Ironically, <laughs> but I just thought I thought that the last after Kyrie has cooked for forty something all night for them to sit down in the last two three minutes of that game after blowing like a fifteen point lead and win that game, whoo! The Nets in trouble, baby. I think the Nets are in trouble. I wouldn't say they're in trouble. Now, if they lose game two, then, yeah, I agree with you. But I think the Nets will win game two, actually. I think it's going to be 1-1 one, one heading to Brooklyn. It's a seven-game series. But I got the I got the Boston in seven, though. Boston in seven. I think, yeah. yeah, I think the Celtics are going to win that one. I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if it was six. Five is just 
I can't go that far on the limb. But I think Boston is significantly better than Brooklyn. I'm not going to go that far. They're Brooklyn not, just has the two best They're players. not significantly better. Oh, yeah. Top to bottom? Oh, yes. They're not significantly better. Oh, my goodness. Yes. But the gap, you got to realize, though, the impact of Kyrie and KD makes up for what you want to say the rest of the roster lacks. Like that, imp- and Katie didn't play. All right, he still almost won the impromptu game. top five right now. You name me outside of KD and Kyrie, five players on Brooklyn's roster that would play over anybody on Boston. Five players? I'm just, I'm throwing. It. I'm just saying, like, who who starts next? Who st- who are you taking out of the starting lineup in Boston to start uh, with the Brooklyn well, starters? As of right now, I would take Drummond over Daniel Dice. Think Tice? No, I wouldn't. Really? Drummond can't shoot free. Tice can shoot. Drummond I, is not an offensive weapon at all. I mean, he still can get you like fifteen and fifteen. But his fifteen is going to come yeah, off know, of I, rebounds I, and yeah. like he's not, no. Tice is going to space the floor. Uh, That's what ask the Lakers about Andre yeah, Drummond's place on the floor. I get it. I'm still taking Drummond over him though. Um, you can argue Seth Curry. You can argue Seth Curry. over whom. That's what I'm saying. What 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 player are you going to take out of Boston's starting lineup to replace with the Brooklyn player that is not KD or Kyrie? Because the answer is none. Drummond. I'm standing on Drummond over over Daniel Dice. I'm standing on that. That's all. That's all I'm, what I got for you. I'll, we'll see how we'll see how the series plays out. Now I'm going to be extra interested to see how Tice and this Drummond matchup plays out. Yeah, I got. I'll take Drummond. That's it. That's it though. So your point is still legit. I'm just saying I can't say they're significantly better when I think it's going seven games. And you said it's going six. So if they're significantly better, they should win in four or five. That's significantly better to me. Quite not, honestly, not, I not, wouldn't be shocked not, if they do win in five. They're significantly better. But I'm also I'm not going to be blind to the fact that they had the, the team that is significantly worse has by far the two best players. I know. So that's why you can't say that. That's why you can't say that because their impact makes up for the lack of depth that you think they have because Kyrie and KD are that good. So this, it closes right, the, the gap. The Celtics are a Ferrari. The Nets are a Ford Fusion with a Ferrari engine and a Porsche transmission. It's still a Ford Fusion, and it's poorly put together at that. How fast can it go? Look. We're, we're splitting semantics here. We both have Boston winning this series. We just disagree on significantly better. I just want you to stand 10 toes down. If they're significantly better, say Boston in five because that is significantly better, not going six or seven games. That What's, tells me it's a pretty even matchup if you think it's at least going six why, games. Why, why did, how many – Five games is significantly better. A sweep is significantly better. So if they play the five, Warriors are significantly they... better than the Nuggets. We agree on that, right? The yeah, Suns are significantly they're... better than the Pelicans. They're beating them by. They're beating them by twenty. Boston is not significantly better than the Brooklyn. They barely won, and KD had a terrible game. How are they significantly better? KD shot nine of twenty-four, and they only won by one point. That Boston has better players. Top to bottom, than I, Brooklyn has I, top I, to bottom, which is that. why I say they are significantly I get that, better. But you're under, top to bottom, but team. you're undermining how impactful those two guys are. It makes up for that lack of depth. That's what I'm trying to tell you. 
And I feel like you agree. You just, I don't know. It's like you don't want to agree. <laughs> no, I, you, I, you, I, I, you I think even, the second team in the East is much better than the seventh team in the in the East. Yes, I think I think you don't really believe Brooklyn's really the seventh team in the East, bro. I just all I did was watch the season. KD missed the whole like two months. They were the one seed before he got hurt. Kyrie was a part time player. Do you think if those two things weren't true, okay, they would be the bro, seventh and, seed? And on December fifteenth, the Cleveland Cavaliers were the one seed, and they didn't make the playoffs. God, December. Well, if you're Brooklyn just talking about random points like, in time, we're like talking about February. April 19th. They were the one seed like in February, and then KD went down. And it's April 19th currently. So you really truly believe the Nets are the seventh best team in the East? That's what you're telling me right now. Not probably the seventh best, but I think Boston is damn near the best. Yeah, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. The Nets just covered the first spread at, at, at uh on, they cover their first – I'll put it like this. I, I, if they cover the spread in game three, it'll be like the first game at home they cover the spread in like three weeks. Who, Brooklyn? Yeah. Hey, man. They've been they've been undermined. It's playoff basketball now. Those guys have been there. We're talking about two champions, Kyrie and KD. You know, Kyrie made, who you said, one of the clutchest shots ever. KD, two-time finals MVP. The past three weeks doesn't matter to me. I, I don't care. It's a whole different ball game now. Boston's going to win the series of seven games. I'm just saying they are not significantly better than a team that they barely won by the skin of their teeth when the best score I've ever seen in my life shot nine for 24. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't have time. Just say Boston in five then. Just say it. They're Boston in five, then. So what? Boston in five. But you don't really believe it. Like I mean, I don't. I don't. <laughs> That's think significantly this... better. You can't say it's going six games that they're significantly better when we have other matchups that are going to be sweeps. There's Milwaukee is significantly better than Chicago. Like I said before, the Suns are significantly better than the Pelicans. So you're saying this matchup is on the same tier as those matchups? Because you can't say that and then say the Suns are significantly better than the Pelicans. Oh, but the Celtics are significantly better than the Nets, too. So you're basically saying those matchups are equal. No, but I'm not picking any <laughs> of these series to be a sweep. You're not? No. You're not picking the Suns to sweep the Pelicans? No, I'm not picking any of these series to be a sweep. I just said that. I've, I'm, really? I'm not picking any. I wouldn't pick any series to be a sweep. Wow. I got at least two sweeps. Suns are definitely sweeping the Pelicans. The Bucks are sweeping the Bulls. I'll take right now. You said I'll set the uh, over under right now. First half, first round sweeps two and a half. What do you take? Well, I just gave you two. I don't know if I got three. Give me a second on that one. Is this the live bet we're doing right now? I, you, you, you're so confident about well, how you, 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 you said dominant it, you ass said team. Two and a half. You should have said it at one and a half. Cause I only gave you two. So you tried to be one and a half there. Oh, I'll take that in a heartbeat. Let's shake hands right now. Boom. What are we betting? What, I don't know, but I'm up one on you from the last time that we bet. All right, well, lunch or something. No, you know what we'll do? We'll what? come up. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll do a special cap of consequences. We'll do a special cap of, cap of consequences at the end of the first round. Off of this, okay? You know what that is? Explain it. To you'll me. you'll find out. <laughs> damn it! Everybody else in their points knows what the cap of consequences is. So from here on oh, yeah, out, the Warriors might sweep the Nuggets. I got another one in potential right there. Oh, I'll take one and a half easily. Yes. You want to take two and a half? No. Nope. One and a half. I'll give you better odds. Okay. What's 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 the what's the odds? I don't know. So you figure it out. You don't want to. 
Fuck it. Never mind. We'll stick on one and a half. All right. We'll stick on one and a half. Hawks in the heat tonight. Who do you got? <laughs> uh, I like the Hawks to cover here, man. I really do. Uh, right now, we got it at, what, seven? Yeah. Seven? No, seven and a half. Yeah. Seven and a half. Yeah, Hawks at seven and a half. Yeah, I think the first game, I throw that out the window, man. Game one. They were just they just came out to play in. They played on Friday, a late Friday afternoon game with evening game in Cleveland. Then they had to turn around, go to South Beach and play the earliest game on Sunday. And who knows? Those guys are probably partying in South Beach on Saturday night. You know how that goes when you go to Miami. So I thought that game out the window. I'm not taking too much stock in that game. I mean, come on, Trey Young had eight points. That's never gonna happen again. The Heat. I don't respect them as a one C. I think they're overrated. I still don't trust their offense. I mean, what, Duncan Robinson made eight threes? Are you kidding me? Michigan legend Duncan Robinson, get it right. Oh my God. That's never gonna all happen. All I'm saying is you see go look at Michigan alum in the playoffs. That's all I got to say. Okay. Well, like I said, that's never gonna happen again. It was a lot of admirations in that game. That's what they told you, Jordan the Poole, Hawks, after game one. I would even sprinkle some money on the Hawks money line here. I'm not saying they're gonna win, but I think it's good value there. Plus uh, 265, but I definitely love them to cover the spread at plus uh, seven and a half. Yeah, I think the Hawks cover here, but I think the Heat still win. Uh, I don't just throw out last game because I think that you can't. I think that Mission Capella, especially when you have Bam on the other side, that hurts incredibly. John Collins is still trying to figure his way out back into everything. And I think the thing you can throw out from last game is Trey Young's poor shooting performance. That's not going to continue. But I think the idea that the Hawks have had, and I think it's something that we'll see going forward with play-in teams, they've, they've started the playoffs two games ago. This is technically their third playoff game against their third team. Right? Or the game one of the first round was their third playoff game against their third consecutive opponent. So I think that right there is a key. That we on, so I think we'll see a better showing from the Hawks, but I think Miami still wins this game. So I take the seven and a half, but I think Miami's still going to win. Um, the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. I love the Wolves here, man. Plus seven. I, I don't understand why this line is still so big. Look at the regular season. These teams split. They went two and two. Obviously, game one, Minnesota outclassed them. I mean, the Minnesota, they match up very well. And you were talking about guys that you would take up the starting lineup, right, for Boston and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Outside of Ja, the next three best players, and I would even say you could argue that Catter and or maybe better than Ja, but we'll say Ja's the best player in the series. We'll just say that. The next three are clearly Minnesota players. D'Lo, Ant, Cat. Nobody else on, Minnesota, on Memphis is better than those three outside of Ja Morant. So that alone, they have a major advantage there. Now, you could say after those three, the next three or four are probably Memphis guys. I see you looking at you. That's what you're thinking. Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, JJJ. So that's a fair argument. I, I know you, Mark. That's what you're thinking right now, too. But as far as the top-heavy guys, Minnesota has three of the top four players in this series. Ant is playing with full confidence right now. Cat, we talked about dunked on Triple J. He's feeling himself. And don't remember, don't forget, D'Lo had a poor game, game one. But this year against Memphis, I looked it up. He's averaging 31 points a game against them in four games. 
Did you look up why? Because Dylan Brooks didn't play in any of those four games. Hey. That's the difference, and that's why the Grizzlies are going to cover seven at night. Memphis is trying to work Ja back into the rotation, and which sounds crazy, right? It sounds absolutely insane. Yeah, because they're better without Ja. They're not better without Ja. <laughs> they're not better without Ja. That's a horrible, horrible take. 20 and 5. That's a horrible take that they're better without their best player. I'm obviously joking, but that what? record that record without him is pretty crazy, though. It's a testament to who should have been the coach of the year, in my opinion. Because how do you go twenty and five without your best player? That's what that's to me is like that. If Frank Vogel went twenty and five without his best player, he'd still be in the he still have a job, and the Nuggets would have been the play in. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I think I, I really like the Grizzlies here. Um, they came out and kind of got punched in the mouth. I think they'll respond. But it also, too, it was a lot of a lot of ticky-tack foul calls in the early part of this game. And I think that we'll see the refs kind of ease up a little bit. Jaron Jackson Jr. got into foul trouble. Like, I, I think we'll see the refs ease up a little bit here. And I think they'll be allowed to be more physical. I think a more physical game benefits Memphis than it, more than it does Minnesota because much as, as much as John Morant wants to run up the chimney for all the smoke, Carl Anthony Towns has been a continual uh, smoke run from her. And I think that he will continue to run from said smoke, although Anthony Edwards and Pat Beverly may not let him. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, this number is just too big for me, man. I just think these teams are much closer than this with the seven points. I think Memphis wins the game, but give me Minnesota plus seven. And you know what else I'm going to say give me? Give me Phoenix minus ten. I know we're going there next. Um, I don't know. You may be on the opposite side of this since you don't think it's going to be a sweep. So you may think uh, Pelicans may cover this 10 points here. But the Pelicans, they're not a real playoff team. Come on. I mean, we all know that. They backed in the playoffs because the Lakers literally faltered on their face. And they just backed in. It kind of reminds me how Pittsburgh made the playoffs in the NFL. You know, they had the tie situation with the Chargers and Raiders. This is exactly how the Pelicans got in the playoffs, essentially. They backed in. They're not supposed to be here. The Suns are the best team in the NBA. Suns are going to smoke them. The last game shouldn't even got that close. They were up, what, 20-plus. They kind of laid off a little bit. They made it a little interesting, and Phoenix still ended up covering the spread. So Phoenix minus 10. Take it. Run it to the bank. Now wait until game time for this one, everybody. We'll take Pelicans and the points. You're looking right here at your first backdoor cover of the playoffs. This is going to be the first backdoor cover of the playoffs. Why? Because everything you just said is true. Although I, I, I push back on the idea that the Pelicans aren't a real playoff team because they beat the teams in the play-in to make the playoffs. And they did, they're not the same team that they were in the first half of the offseason. They wouldn't have won if Paul George was there, but I digress. I, I wouldn't have hated to pick uh, – I, I would not have necessarily picked against them if Paul George was there. In fact, I was planning on Pelicans' money line before Paul George was ruled out of the game. So you could say that – take that for whatever you will. But I do think that the firepower of CJ and Brandon Ingram is going to be able to get them at least one game in this series. And I think they'll cover more. I think the Suns are going to become the most a very public team to bet on. And I think you could fade the public here. <sighs> I mean, I, I see where you're going with that. I see where you're going with that. I, I hate the idea of banking on a backdoor cover, though. Uh, when I want to take an underdog, I kind of want to – I feel like they can actually like hang throughout the most of the game 
and not be down by like 18 and then the last four minutes you kind of just hope on the Suns benching like Chris Paul and Devin Booker. No, I'm not hoping on it. In fact, well, I'm betting on it. Well, you just said you're you're banking on a backdoor cover, though. So so I'm betting what, on that's, it. Yeah, but you, that's what you're, you're banking. You're not banking on this being like a six, seven point game throughout the game, and like okay, they're fighting. They have, maybe have a chance to potentially even win the game. You're you're banking on they're gonna just last three or four minutes. The bench players are gonna come in and start nailing some shots. No, I'm not saying it's gonna be a. I'm not saying it's gonna be a blowout the whole game. Oh, okay. But oh. I, I think that it's gonna be something where I'm not saying it's gonna be something where like Phoenix is up thirty and then New Orleans cuts it like on a on a you know forty to fifteen run or something like that. No, so you think it'll be like within think it'll be tw- like a, twelve a, to fifteen ish. Yeah, like, like a, I think it'll be somewhere between twenty and, and fifteen points, and then all of a sudden there's a ten zero run. With a minute thirty seconds left, and you're like, "How did this happen?" <laughs> but I mean, hey, Pelicans yeah. are five and one against the spread in their last six, following a loss against, like, you know, five and one against, like, you know, it's not five and one against the spread in their last six, following a straight up loss. Now, the Suns, one and five against the spread in their last six games as a favorite. Now, the one happened to be the last game that they I, played. I was just gonna say that, but. One and five in the last uh, in the last six as a favorite. Okay, I mean, yeah, you got the numbers, man. You got the numbers. I just feel like those numbers can be kind of skewed based on the opponents. Uh, the Suns they have nothing to play for, obviously, in their last what six games you mentioned. They already had the one seed wrapped up for the past what two months. It felt like so. You know, take those numbers with a grain of salt, people. That's all I'm going to say. Well, take whatever number you want with a grain of salt. Because according to you, they got this playoff series uh, uh, wrapped up. Yeah, it's going to be a sweep. It's, gonna, it's part of my, my uh, one-and-a-half bet. It's going to be one of them right here. All right, well, what's your lemon pepper parlay? <laughs> so, I got a same-game parlay. I'm going with the Hawks, plus seven-and-a-half, as you guys know. And I'm going with Trey Young over on points at 25-and-a-half. I just feel like last game he only scored eight points. We know that's not going to happen again. And Trey Young's one of those guys. He's on social media. He sees all the slander. You know, he got my guy Rashad Phillips backing him up on the timeline. Uh, they I were know- going back and forth so much. The yeah. other day. I know he shot him a text. He's going to be motivated. Ice Trey is going to be doing this tonight. He's going to be doing this tonight in, in Miami, even though it's going to be hot and warm down there. So I love it because I think this these points is they're, they're being undervalued because the last game. Because normally I see Trey Young points they're like twenty eight and a half, twenty nine and a half. So twenty five and a half that's telling me they're just going off of what he did last game and they're undervaluing him. So I love that. For my lemon pepper parlay, I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies minus seven, and then a little counterintuitive same game parlay: Anthony Edwards over 24 and a half points. Anthony Edwards is here to stay. He's legit. He's gonna get his. But I, I do think that the Grizzlies are gonna turn it around and cover the seven tonight in an eventual game one win tying this tying the series up. That's my lemon pepper parlay. So let's eat with that. Let's eat. Mark, any last words? After the first couple games of the NBA playoffs, are there any predictions that you want to change? No. It's too early to to change or anything at this point. Well, actually, I lied. (laughs) I did lie to you. I'm sorry, people. I am going to change my prediction. I said Raptors in six. (laughs) But to my credit, I did not know that Scotty Barnes was going to be out. 
I didn't know that Gary Trent Jr. was going to be sick. Why is that to your credit? I mean, because if, if I knew that before the series, I wouldn't have picked Toronto to win. I, but I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't predict injuries. You picked. I mean, you picked it. You picked it. Yeah, but you you gave me a chance to change, right? But I'm saying, like, I'm not giving you credit because somebody got. Oh, it is what it is. Okay. That happened. Okay. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have said uh, I picked Raptors in six and Embiid. Like, say Embiid broke his arm instead uh -huh. of just grabbing at his elbow. And it's yeah. Like, to my credit, I knew Joel and I didn't know. You know what, Martin? Screw you, man. Give me some credit, damn it. No. But, yeah, the Sixers, they're outclassing them, man. I'll retract on that prediction of Raptors and Six. What about you, man? Any changes? You're still solid. No, I just wish I wish I got two and a half on the sweet bet instead of one and a half. Yeah. But that's it for me. I'm not a sucker. <laughs> you tried to get me in there. This will still hit. There's only three series that that have potential to sweep. So that means all three of them would have to hit. So, nah, I'm cool. It's still going to hit. Nah, I got two is going to happen. DeMar DeRozan is going to get me a game. DeMar DeRozan and CJ McCollum is going to get me a game. You're nervous about that. You know the Suns are not going to lose, dude.